Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you friends? Welcome to the show. This is the final instalment of Lions Lounge before lockdown. Three of these four episodes were actually taken, of course, from the docks to the den, the documentary we did back in the summer of 2018, I believe. Of course, there is a sequel in planning. However, the wheels are not yet in motion due to the current COVID situation. In this episode, you are going to hear from Alan Dorney, Mill legend, Josh Zerka, one seventh of the Sidemen, of course, a global superstar in his own right. Frank Harper, which was filmed a long time ago in the Coaching Horses pub in Bexley Village, which is now long, no longer there. Apologies for the audio on that one, a little bit echoey. As I said, it's back in the early days. And finally, Kevin Bremner, my old gaffer back in the day. I won't tell you which club that was from. Uh, and yeah, a top man, a top player for me. I wasn't there long, but is always remembered fondly by the fans. As I said, this is the final instalment. This is Lions Lounge Lockdown before lockdown. Episode 37. Enjoy. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, Alan Dorney, a Mill legend. Cheers, Al. Thanks so much. Appreciate okay. you joining us today. You come from the area. Did you just go and watch Mill yeah, as a boy? Yeah, and then yeah, I used to what live sort in. of players were um, around the team at that time when you was a boy watching them growing up? Um, I remember Peter Burridge, who was striker, Dave Harper, um, one of the central defenders, the two Brady brothers, Joe Broodfoot, um, others what I can't name probably at the moment, who, but they were good to watch normally, uh, quite violent <laughs> for our own games. <laughs> Sounds but, about right. But they were what was the good. den like as a kid? I mean, I, I know when I was a kid going in the 80s, it used to scare the shit out of me, but back in the day when, when you was a kid, what was it like being in and around the den and uh, as, a, as a fan, as a young kid, getting in the ground and the yeah, atmosphere? No, no it, was, it was good. The, um, well, they, um, where there's sort of a boundary, the touchline was almost in the terraces. It was very, yeah, like... Compacting. Yeah, the, um, like if someone took a throwing, you could sort of well, more or less tap them on the shoulder. <laughs> And also right, verbally, yeah. you could hear. Get right, get right. Which I learnt later on in my career. You know, like when I started playing. You know, like I tried not to get too close to the touchline. Like, the, <laughs> what even our ground? Yeah, some some liked you and some didn't. So it, it quite amusing. And often, well, not often, but sometimes it's. I, I, being local, I used to go to parties on a Saturday evening and. Um, Someone would normally say, like, there's a party in the Greg tonight, how have you got to go? So I, I try to keep more in the central part or over the other side of the pitch. But, you know. <laughs> well, I used to shout from the touchline. No, well, well not shout, but, you know, so it was... Well, just like, as you take the throw on, I'll quit yeah, my party tonight. Yeah, good enough to hear. <laughs> yeah, providing you get a result, otherwise don't turn oh, yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when you was amongst them, saying you was partying with a, with a fan base and all that back in the day? Well, yeah, like I mean, obviously, if I had a drink, it was normally at a pub quite close to the ground, and yeah, yeah. Uh, there'd always be like people come over and like just want to have a chat, or like I know we always seemed quite pleasant to yeah, me, yeah. but some of them I, I've been told were like wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, like <laughs> that. 
when I was alright with me, but they might go outside and then you yeah. be rolling around the floor with someone they'd had a disagreement with in the toilet or something. Yeah. Was the player at the den? Was it? Was it? I mean, was, what was I, the crowds I, like when you was playing there? Was it not as the crowds? I not think as good? they were quite intimidated yeah. upsides. You know, yeah. I think you know probably you, you it give you a little, a little bit of an edge, but. Because I live local, I, I prefer playing away from home because oh, if, if I did anything sort of good or wrong, like it was normally get, magnified, a, yeah. Couldn't go and get a, a paper and a pint of milk no, on the shop. No, no, that's right, I'd have to send the dog out. Over well, 250 games. Yeah. One well, goal, yeah. Wikipedia tells me. Yeah. Do you remember Bristol, it? Bristol City, yeah. What an own goal, was it? No, no, it was, I was trying to clear it out the wrong end. What, no, Bristol City home? Yeah, and we won one nil, so it was uh, and the winner and all. good, good one to get. Yeah, and at the time um, we were not doing that great that season, and so it was it was a good time to score a goal and obviously get it. Celebrate points. or just didn't know what was going on? No, no, we didn't know how to celebrate. Where <laughs> some of them get quite a lot of uh, practicing. You know, I practice I got was over there for parking, like oh training ground yeah. games. Yeah, good to get on the score sheet just the once though. No, no, no. I think I ate the bar at Preston as well. But, <laughs> he's got it. He's got it. But um, that was uh, as close as I got, you know. And well, I, and a few people, like friends and people who used to go and watch, they said like if I went over the halfway line, I got lost. <laughs> got a nosebleed. But the reason being that like Barry Kitch was so good in the air for corners and free kicks, you know. That's why yeah. he was there every time, and um, I stayed back right, and um, tried to cover for him but no it was um, yeah a rarity really for me to be in the opposition's penalty area <laughs> well mentioning moving on to the aforementioned Barry Kitchen obviously mm. you're a Mill legend in your own right but you will be able to give people an insight into two two massive legends that are no longer with us Harry Cripps Barry yeah, Kitchen Barry, you played with both of them yeah. what were, let's start with uh, let's start with Barry as soon as you mentioned mm. him what was he like on the pitch as, not just on the pitch, but also after that. Let's cover what he was like off the pitch, because he's well, he's he, like a gentle giant, really. Yeah, very um, yeah. sort of well mannered, respected, and um, I, I, and <laughs> then, as you say, like salaries weren't as they are now, and um, he had a fruit shop, like as you say, off the pitch. Yeah, and quite often, you know, like he go to the market to get fruit for his shop what his brother and him worked in and um, I think occasionally he was late for training because his delivery was late but getting them back to the shop with the fruit and veg which they did but no he had a um, nice wife for uh, three girls I think he had like children and um, that's fair a lot of people say he was just he was just a Really, yeah, like, really unassuming, nice, yeah, you know. Like, off the pitch. He, he, he was a giant as well, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was a big lad. He I was younger, he was about six months younger than me, but he was about six inches taller. <laughs> but he, he was a very pleasant chap, you know. It's a, and a shame that like life was cut quite short, really. Because yeah. I think shortly after um, finishing live, a link with training or playing for the club, he um, passed away, yeah. So I, I look at pictures. I see a picture the other day. I put up on our social media of you. I, I didn't even realise this. I knew you'd played with with uh, Kitch, and I knew you played with Harry Cripps. I saw a picture. It was uh, uh, Brian King, mm-hmm. you, Cripps, Posse, and Kitchener, like all in the same team. Yeah. Like, what, that must have been some side. Oh, they, they they're very good. Amongst others, who I don't know. Yeah. Them, obviously, oh, so I wasn't no. around them, but no, they well out of the. Like and them lads are all really good players, but I mean you had Eamon Dunphy. Yeah, some, when I put that picture yeah. up and said that someone else would don't forget Eamon Dunphy. Eamon Dunphy, Golden Bolland, yeah, and Keith Weller. On his day, he was the best player I ever played with. Really, but you know, like really, I think talented players sometimes they don't fancy it, and when he when he didn't fancy, he might as well not been on the pitch. <laughs> but bit of a bit of a nineteen seventies prima donna was he? So we covered Kitchener. Uh-huh. Harry Cripps, did you? Uh, so as I understand it, so I, I, I have that to do my research because you are, as I mentioned, you're off camera, the first ever player I've interviewed that was that played that wasn't in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you give myself and people watching the younger generation a better understanding of what the team sort of was, King in goal, then you was a centre half, 
with um, Kitch or yeah, Harry was, Cripps was left back, is that right? Harry Cripps was one full back, Brian Brown was the hub, the other. I know you were at the club for 11 years. So yeah, myself it. and um, Barry were central defenders and Dennis Burnett was sweeper. Then you had Eamon Dunphy, Dougie Alder and Gordon Bolland, sometimes Stevie Brown and uh, Derek Posse and there was uh, various strikers. Um, Barry Bridges played for a while, who'd been played when he was younger. He came from Chelsea, I think, and um, he played for England as well. Right. Um, so what was Cripps like? What was Cripps on, again, on the pitch, lunatic? That's why the fans loved him. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he wasn't as tough. Like, he was very, well, he, he came across as being like a hard man, but he, when push come to shove, he'd sort of get behind Kitch or someone a bit taller. And, and called the other bloke names or something, yeah. But. <laughs> so Keats was the main man? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, but he, he wasn't, like, nasty or aggressive, really. No, no, it's when, when, when they cross that white line and get onto the pitch. Yeah. Something different comes out in some people. Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone in, like, we, were really nasty in the side. I mean, some people have someone who goes around his earmark to clog people, and uh, yeah, yeah. we didn't really have anybody no. like that. Moving on to, obviously, you was at the club for 11 years. Pretty much starts to finish your career, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Managers in that time, good managers, bad managers? Well, I mean, uh, as I say, Billy Gray, I think he'd got them from the, what was fourth division then into the third division and then into the second division. He, he was only manager there three seasons and he got them prom promoted in each of the seasons he was there. And then he left and... Um, Benny Fenton came in his place, I think. Who was the fella, sorry to take you away from that, it's just popped in my head. He had a car garage in the Old Kent Road, and then when he smashed his car garage up, was that the chairman uh, at the time? Yeah, it? it was, yeah. Uh, Mickey Purser. When you said Billy Fenton, I don't know why, that jogged my memory of that. Yeah, was he, he, he was. Was he the, under his reign? Yeah, he right, was okay. the chairman under, like, while he was uh, manager, yeah. What was he like as a manager, Fenton? No good. Well, no, he, well, it was all right for me. I mean, if yeah. the manager picks you, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. you're sort of pleased with him. Yeah, but yeah. And and the one who came in his place um, was um, Golden Jago, and he didn't really fancy me much. So once he came, you know, like the my days were wall. quite numbered, right. sort of thing. I mean, he brought new players in, and if they bring new players in, they got to play them. And he had Tony Hazel, um, Ray Evans, uh, probably a couple of other lads who I can't think of. Now. What was he like, Derek Posse as a player? Because he, he, they, they show a lot on, on Old Mill or whatever, clips. The, a bit of an iconic goal where he runs onto his left foot, scores one at the cold blow lane. Yeah, no, he, 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 was, he was a really good striker. I mean, and for a little lad, I mean, he was quite short. He, he'd get quite a few goals with his head as well. So, mm. But no, he, well, him and Keith Weller, I think they came to Millwall together. Like, and it was a package deal. And like the pair of them were like, sort of breath of fresh air, yeah. really. Like, and, Changed a lot of the way things. Sound about that, that that side that I mentioned in the picture. Like someone said, ask him about the Great Mill side of 1971. Was that? Did you go on a great run or anything like that? Or? Um, well, we nearly got promoted. I think that's the season yeah. where we thought we had got promoted. I mean, it, the last game of the season was at home to Preston, I think. And uh, you said I've been the bar up there previously. No, no, that wasn't. That was that was later. <laughs> that was when we were mid table oh, or something. But we were. Like, um, I forget, Norwich had been promoted and it was out of us or Birmingham who would then get promoted. And rumour had gone, we won 2-0 at home to Preston and rumour had gone round that Birmingham had lost wherever they were playing. But yeah. in fact, they'd won. So it went, they had one more game to play. We were still in second place and on a Monday evening they played Orion at Orient's ground and they beat them 1 0, so like, they went up instead of us. So, over 250 appearances for the club, mm -hmm. any that particularly stick out in your mind? Any big games you played in? Well, we, yeah, one season we, we had a reasonably good cup run. I think we beat Forest and Everton in early cup rounds, and so I think we got down back to the last eight or 16. and. Well, the best was like 
winning 2-0 at Everton, you know, and, and we, we could have been 4 or 5 nil down at half-time, but the goalkeeper, Brian King, he, he had a super game, and, uh, like, and then, like you said earlier, like Harry Cripps, I mean, he, he, he scored one goal, and um, Alfie Wood got the other one, and we won 2-0, and, um, and, well, that, that was, like, the good side to it, but... Um, I also remember, the, the, I think it was the season after Sunderland won the cup when they, they beat... Yeah, not, yeah. 70, know, 71, beat, was it? Yeah, they, I don't think they beat Liverpool. They, well, they, they, they beat somebody anyway. Like, I, I, they were then a second division side like ourselves. And Manchester United had got relegated when um, Tommy Duffy was their manager. And the start of the new season, our, I think our first game was Sunderland at home and we lost that 4-0 and the second game was Manchester United away and we lost Trafford. that 4-0 Old Trafford yeah. so we'd got off to a good start I, I, I don't think we went down that season we still stayed up but only like middle table but no they, and, and as I say playing at Old Trafford was brilliant but yeah. the result wasn't so good no, that's uh, played two, lost two, conceded mm. eight there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, not, not the best of starts, is it? No, brillian no. But all in all, Millwall, unbelievable times for you. Oh, yeah. well, as I say, it's pretty much difficult to compare because yeah, yeah. Like, the only other club really I had was Dartford and that's part-time and it's like a different world really as to playing as a full-time job, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Al, I feel like I can call you out now. Cheers, yeah. mate. Thanks a lot, mate. I'm joined today by Frank Harper. Frank, for joining us, mate. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Um, right, where do we start here? I don't know, where do you want to start? 90 Millwall fan, only an actor. Son of a Millwall player. Yep. Started at the very beginning. I know you won't remember a lot about it, obviously. No, I, I, unfortunately, no, I don't. I think my, my dad signed pro for Millwall, I think it was 57. Uh, and I think he played till 65, then he went. He had a couple of seasons at Ipswich yeah. and then finished at Leighton Orient, which is that I remember him playing for Leighton Orient, you know, vivid memories of that. Um, I remember the night that he um, Orient won the old third division and coming out of the dressing room giving me his medals. Oh really? Which my brothers now have got. But I've got the uh, the Millwall one uh, from the 61-62 season when they won the old fourth division. So. Did he um did he tell you stories of the old dead when he used to play? Yeah. Yeah, because obviously a lot of people who watch the channel won't, won't remember the old then. Yeah, I mean it's. Um, yeah, sure. I, I, I once interviewed. I was interviewed by Robert Elms at Listed London. He said, "What was the what was the best view in London?" One of the questions, and I, I said, "Walking up the uh, steps of the old Cobo Lane and looking at the pitch, you know, it's yeah. insane. It's insane, really exciting about that. You know, it's a, I mean, a lot of great memories from the old then. I mean, I was only young, but even though I was a Millwall fan, it used to intimidate me going there. Oh, a scary place just to be, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I suppose um, if you talk about celebrity Millwall fans, I mean, it, uh, around sort of late 80s, I did a did a movie with Denzel Washington where he had to play a, a, a Falklands veteran. And the the real life guy that the story was based on was a Millwall fan. So, uh, yeah, Denzel Washington has stood on the terrace at the old Is really Yes, oh, with so everyone says an urban myth, but I was standing with him, so yeah. What do you make of it? <laughs> <laughs> he said, um, he, he was very quiet for about half an hour, and he said, um, I know why they call it the Lions Den, Frank. I mean, what's that, mate? He said, this must be the closest you'd ever get to the atmosphere inside the Coliseum in Rome in its heyday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable to hear. But, um, I mean, you say, your old mate, when you was, things now were footballers now, if you're the son of a footballist, like, oh, gee, was it a little bit less low-key then? People going, and your old man's a footballer. That was, no, it was a big deal. Was I mean, it still it, there, yeah, yeah, it was a big deal back then. You know, it's like, um, you know when you're kids, you know, you have these arguments, like, my dad's bigger than yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, saying that my dad played for Millwall was like dropping the hand off. Yeah, so we know, you can't beat it. Can't beat that, you know, especially playing <laughs> in South London. So, uh, yeah, where I grew up, it was, it was, you know, it was a big deal, but, you know, because, you know, where I grew up in, sort of, grew up in Downham, yeah. You know, it's a, it was just, you know, it's a big Millwall area, so yeah, yeah. It's a lot, it's a, it was, and it was, you know, it was different. It was different. The fact that you know, um, 
I remember in the school holidays, my dad taking me to pre-season training when he was at the Orient. So it was it was different than what other kids yeah, had. Yeah, what do, yeah. You know, so it was, it was always unusual. You know, it was always a, a, a deal, big deal that me, you know, me dad. He scored in the FA Cup once, didn't he, all? Against Fulham? Yeah, the, the famous goal against Fulham, yeah. It's, um, well, that was the other... Um, the other Robert Elms question is, if you could go back in history, where would you go back to? And I think it would be to the den that night, my dad scored that goal. Um, I know it's... Um, it was the day, it was before substitutes, so he was injured. <laughs> so they stuck him up front because he was he, he was limping basically. He was he was injured, and um, uh, he scored the winning goal. Bear in mind at the time, Fulham, Mill was in the fourth division. Fulham were in the old first division. Yeah, yeah. A lot of England international like Johnny Ains, George Cohen, people like that. And um, evidence, as I've got the photo, says he was inside the six-yard box when he scored. Although over the years. <laughs> Further out. It, it, well, it was it was a it was a volley from forty <laughs> yards out uh, over the years. By the time when, when he took when he took the story, yeah, right. so he got, got further and further out. I know uh, Barry Rowan's always uh, upset. He scored the other goal that night. It's never talked about. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he complains about that every time I see him in the uh, at the den. He said, uh, "Yeah, one forgets I scored the other goal that night." And there you go. <laughs> so, so yeah, Barry, you scored the other goal. Well, well done, Barry. Um, Frank's day day, so, back so you um when, when you was moving around as a was it like you moved around you had to go Ipswich had up, up roots and move or we lived in Ipswich for two years yeah. but I don't remember that I, mean, well, I do remember vaguely you know I remember um I remember uh, Bill McGarry yeah, yeah. the Ipswich manager coming around the house I don't, I, for some reason I remember that yeah, yeah. um but um but no we pretty I pretty much grew up in the same house really apart from them two years yeah, yeah. Did your old man try to push you into being a footballer? No, I that's what's... My man pushed me and he, he wasn't even a footballer, he's a roofer, but he was desperate for me to be a player. I, I think, well, I, I think, um, yeah, even, you see it, I mean, you see a lot in my profession where people are trying to live their lives with their children. Yeah, yeah. And even back then, you know, you, my dad, because I was playing football as a, as a schoolboy, you know, my dad had always complained about his parents doing my head So, I, but because he'd done it, there wasn't that sort of... Pressure you got to do it because I never made it. He did make it, so, so yeah, so it was, it was, it was a little bit more easy going, actually. Well, right. I've set the one, is that what Obviously, you didn't get any really good football? Well, it depends, it depends who you talk to, really, isn't it? I, I played with a reasonable standard um, up until I left school. You know, I played with a, I played, uh, with a lot of players that went on to have really good careers. You know, I played with uh, Tony Cascarino, Andy Townsend, Paul Walsh. He's from Wallace. He's from Wallace. Yeah. Danny Wallace. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I played, you know, quite a few players that went on to add, you know, Pat Van Den Howe played. played. So there's quite a few players that did go on in their careers. You know. You spoke about your old man playing for Millwall. Obviously, you worked with Smithfield. You must have been back around the area. Did you go to Millwall as a youngster? For your teenage years? And yeah, pretty much. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a tradition. You know, sadly. What what area do you sticks out in your mind? Well, I don't know, sort of really from from sort of the mid seventies, you know, pretty much up to the present day, you know, yeah, so yeah. you know, sorts, you know. So they all seem some great players, seems you know, some good sides. I think the the um the interesting thing is that we seem to have, we do well when we seem to bring a group of young players from. Definitely, yeah. You know, if you, even going back to the dad's day, you know, back then the, the Millwall side that won the old fourth division back in the 60s was full of players. That he came, he came through to you, too. Yeah, I mean, he won a, a, an England cap for, uh, for, for, for uh, England youth. So, but if you, you know, you look at all the, our successful sort of sides, um, there's this sort of nucleus of four, yeah. five, six players that come through the youth system. I think that a club the size of Millwall has to keep bringing young players through because it, you know, we never really get the financial input. Uh, that's more yeah, more you're right to, buy, to buy a big player. We haven't. That's right. So homegrown is, is that away. true? Paul Goddard is still our reference. Paul Goddard, to my knowledge, is still. The thing I find Mills is, well, when they, they buy a lot of players, it always says for an undisclosed fee. They never tell you how much, why, I don't get that. But as far as I know, Paul Goddard was, is still uh, 
which is signing. Signing. Eight hundred grand, wasn't it? Going back to the late eighties. Eighties, I remember. Yeah. yeah, and he was shit and all for us. Well, it was for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, you find that a lot as well. Players come and when they get to us, they don't do it. They always the crowd on their back or. Well, I think that I think I, I think where the where the the, the chairman made a, a, a great decision, I think, in appointing Neil Harris because Neil is such a memorable legend. He was always going to get a bit more time with the crowd uh, than than say you know an outsider, and I think hopefully that that'll bear fruit. I mean, I, I think you know we had a good season this year. I think to get to Wembley again. I mean, that's the fourth time we've been to Wembley in ten years. Is it something, yeah, something like that? Yeah, seven years. So, I mean, that's a remarkable achievement, and I think that hopefully the um, you know that 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 will take us forward. Hopefully, to be you know to be um, to go straight up next season. Let's hope so. Yeah, got a fucking missed playoff sides. But again, it, it feels like there's a group of young players coming through, and there yeah. seems to be. What I've seen of them, there seems to be a real team spirit there at the moment, and um, hopefully that that you know Neil can continue that next season. The big worry is if you look at the championship now, you know I think that you you need some sort of massive cash injection yeah. to stay in the championship. It's big, it's a, it's the gulf is getting bigger it's between this league one and the championship. Definitely. Well, I think that if you go back when. Um, Dennis Wise was manager, and I think at the time, you know, we got to the cup final and we were hovering around that player position. And I think he thought then that he probably, if we kept Cahill and signed two more players, it could get us in the playoffs. Unfortunately, you know, we know that Cahill was probably sold for a pittance. I mean, David Moyes is on record saying that is the biggest money bargain yeah, that ever yeah. came into the Premier League. Um, so, that is a worry, and especially if you look at the clubs the size of Newcastle. And Villa that are going to be in the championship next season. I mean, you know, they're, they're, um, they're massive clubs in terms of their, their, their fan base. So uh, it is worrying. And I've always said, you know, Millwall's in and around, you know, the top flight, the, the, the second flight of football in this country. You know, we're punching above our weight. Yeah. I think twenty percent of players that are playing in the Euros at the moment play in the championship. Yeah. Which says a lot. About how that's, 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 that's the Wales and the, and the Irish, Irish factor in it. Yeah, but not just not just not just the uh, the home countries, but yeah. also you know, all, you know, a lot of them teams have got championship players in them. You know, a lot of them. Uh, you know, especially once you get outside the big five or six, there's a lot of championship players there. In the Euros, what what are you what are you thinking? Well, my my initial reaction was, oh, here we go. He's made the same three mistakes again. He's we, we seem to do it every championship. It's, and, I, he, and he has done it. He took players on reputation above players in form. Yeah, right. He's taken players who are injury prone or not match fit, yeah. and he's trying to put square pegs in Randalls. Saying that, I think he made a brilliant decision against Wales, which is not any, he's a very cautious man. He's a very cautious yeah. manager. Where you know, if you're going to win something, you've got to play without fear. And I think we've got the players that can do yeah. that. I think he's been a lucky manager because I think he. He got a pass after the last Euros because he only just taken charge. Yeah. Any other international manager would have been sacked after playing for himself. And out of nowhere, we've suddenly, what appears to us out of nowhere, there's suddenly this huge young talent. Yeah. Yeah. We knew about Harry Kane because he spent a bit of time with us. But you know, people like Deli Ali, um, Eric Dyer, all these sort of people, that um, just sort of seem to come from nowhere. They have, yeah. I think. Like, like you just said, you, you're saying all the same things, and a lot of us all say the same things. And I think with the English team, a lot of it, you just need a character in charge who can motivate because you can't buy or sell players. A lot of us as fans could all pick he's pretty much the best team. You just need someone who can fucking motivate, and, and he don't seem to me just like a big fucking wet weekend, doesn't he? Well, I think I think that I think the problem was after Brazil. One of the reasons he didn't get the sack was replacing him because yeah. the, only, the, only, the only logical person to replace him would, would have been go. They were. They would have gone cap in hand uh, and humiliate themselves and got, got the rent out. Yeah. If you're talking about someone to motivate people over a short period of time, then it was a sort of logical choice, but the FA never do that today. You know, they're frightened of someone having a personality. You know? Yeah, yeah. And just, he is, I, I know from people in the game, he's, he's very much a yes man. And that is maybe why he's, he's, he is where he is. England of, England of, you know, apart from, Apart from um, Venables, 
Every England manager. Teams that won Benetton, teams that won Benetton. Every England manager is a yes man, apart, ironically enough, Ramsey wasn't. Right. You know, because people don't realise that, that, that before Ramsey took charge, the England team was picked by a committee. Was it really? Yeah, well, well I think it was Winterbottom. Like, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think it was Paul Winter. Paul Winterbottom was, was, was technically That's the manager, manager. <laughs> but he, did, he didn't pick the side, he was picked by a committee. And when Ramsey took the job, he was the first to say, no, I picked the team, it's my team. And you know, and it was interesting, there was a brilliant documentary called um, Alfie's Boys about the 66 World Cup. And his mantra was, don't put square pegs in round holes. And there was a lot of controversy when he picked Jack Shelby, who was like Star Wars. But for him, Jack Shelby was the perfect fall for Bobby Moore. And, and you know, Nobby Styles got the ball, gave it to the best player in the world at the time, was Bobby Charlton. So, yeah, it's, it's not, um, but, and I think that back then, because we didn't have substitutes, he didn't have a choice. He couldn't take a chance on Jimmy Greaves. Because Jimmy Greaves... Did he score, did he score on every round up until the final? Well, I mean, see, the argument, the argument about England is that, that in 66, and this was my dad's philosophy, not mine, he said in 66, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We had five players that would have walked into a World 11 without pretty much any answer, which was um, Ray Wilson, fullback, Gordon Banks, obviously, I mean, obviously uh, more children, and Jimmy Goodis, who didn't play. And that's a world eleven that would include Pele, Sabi, Beckenbauer. Yeah, great players. You know, um, you couldn't could make that statement today or, or, or since then. No, no. What are you up to now? Maybe we up to next. Well, I, I, I want to. Uh, I'm in the process of writing another film. I've got the bug for it. Uh, I've the road for it since George's day. So uh, we're looking to do a film about um, Afghanistan. So that's that's the next project. It's, it, it doesn't just look at the, the war; it looks at the uh, uh, the aftermath of when people you know come home. Knock on effect and what can happen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's so it's a sort of um, it's a film told in flashback. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I've, I've wanted that for a long time. I've spent quite a lot of time with um, uh, with. Uh, Servicemen and ex-servicemen, and, uh, 
So yeah, I've been, been doing the research, so hopefully we can get out and running this year. Good, that'd be very close to I mean, a lot of people like, fans are very supportive of the armed forces, isn't they, Dan? Dem- I, I think, yeah. I, th- I, 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 I think everyone is. I think, yeah. I, you know, whatever your, your politics, you know, people generally um, support the work that, you know, that, are armed, that the, armed, the armed forces do, you know, and, and, and their bravery and courage and commitment is, you know, it's, it's second. Yeah, it's Frank, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Lions TV, welcome back. We're covering the 80s with an ex-Mill player. Absolutely um, paramount to everything Mill represents. I didn't personally get to see you play, but I played under you. It's Kevin Bremner, briefly. (laughs) How you doing, mate? You good? Yes, good, thank you. So, when I put out on social media that we would be interviewing you, it got a really good response, really, really good. People said, you know, he epitomised everything that a middle player should be. You know, wore his heart on his sleeve, got stuck in. I, I, when I say to people now on Facebook, I was tailor-made for Millwall. Yeah. Uh, the way I played, my attitude, the fact that I kept on running and running and running. <laughs> I keep telling people, the game's not over till the final whistle. Yeah. 100% and you, you scored, you had a good scoring record in general in English football, yeah. you had a good career but you scored for us, I think it was 36 goals in 92 games? Something like that, yeah. So done my, done just, my research. just over one in three. Yeah, it's good, it's a good return. Yeah, uh, well, it, wasn't, it wasn't only that, it was the people round about me as well scored goals as well. Yeah, signed from Colchester for £25,000. What a bargain. What an absolute bargain. <laughs> In today's money, especially, but back then, was that, I suppose it was a little bit more money back then. Yeah. Was you signed by George Graham? Yeah, George. Well, George, I'm the first player that George paid money for because he had lovers on a free at the, or on trial. Then he had David Stride was on a, a free. Uh, Peter Wells was on loan. Uh, who else came on loan? It was yeah. a, it was a bit of a transitional period, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah, for, there was. He, he paid 25 for me and then he sold Trevor Aylott to Barnsley or Luton for about 85, 90 grand and then he took in Cousy and Anton. Yeah, Anton, how do you say that? Try, I can't even attempt it, but <laughs> he was a great player, wasn't he? Excellent, made me loads of goals. Yeah. So, was you part of, was it The Great Escape? There is actually the a documentary, escape, yeah. there's a documentary, I think George Graham took over 16 points, rock bottom, on the verge of going, I mean, Let's have it right, you played for Mill at a time when things weren't fantastic, when, oh, well, until you saw yeah. and then you, t- you changed everything. I tell you what, I was down on loan at Plymouth uh, in January and Lincoln were flying high at the top of the third division and Millwall were ten points adrift from the safe club Jesus. Uh, uh, in, in the third division and they both came in for me and uh, I just I went with George because I think he wanted me more. Yeah. Or maybe because it was Scott. He was. Scottish I was, didn't want to well. say that. <laughs> the Scottish connection. <laughs> no, but he 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 did. He made me feel wanted and yeah. And uh, you chose me a wall. Yeah. Chose what me was me. what was it like? Your first impressions of the den. Well, my first game there was only just over two thousand three hundred people there. Something. And the, even with that amount of people in it, the atmosphere was. Electric, really? Oh yeah, we we I think we beat extra five two or so. I didn't score. Uh, I think Dean Neal scored a hat trick actually. Being in and around the den, obviously it's, we were just discussing off camera. It's not there anymore. It was no. a it was a random place, but it was in, a in the yeah, middle of nowhere. Really, it was. <laughs> it is on the back of a grand track underneath an arch. Mm-hmm. It's sort of one of them old school grounds that looked like it grew there, didn't it? First impressions, you know, of the not only the ground but the fans. Like they are, they loved the trier. Yeah, and, and as I said, I was tailor made for him. Yeah, to this day, I think if you just chase the goalkeeper down and stick one on him, everyone's like, ah. <laughs> they love it, don't they? They love it. It's funny you should say that. I've been out, I've been out injured for oh six or seven weeks, and we were playing Bournemouth in the, the Freight Rover, or whatever it was at the time. Yeah, and it was a Tuesday night at the Den, and uh, George put me on for the last twenty minutes. And I've chased a chased a left back down. Way Millwall fans. <laughs> he passed it the centre half. Chased him down. Way the other centre half. Chased him down. Way right back got it. Way got played back to the keeper. What? 
ref pulled me in. He says, he says, he says, he says, pretend I'm giving you a telling off. He says, don't let the crowd wind you up. Oh, the crowd right, that we to this day they'll still thrive off that. You're right, you've just yeah. got to be a try, but you scored your fair share of goals as well. Oh yeah. Um helped by I said you said players around you. What sort of players other than uh, Anton Steve Lovell would have been there about that time? Lovers was well, but Lovers, Lovers was right back at the time. Uh, and then he played up front with me I can't remember it was it second season or the first season. Or full full season. I joined in February eighty three, uh, and I can't remember whether Lovers went up front in eighty Three or eighty-four, maybe it was season eighty-four, eighty-five. Yeah. He, he changed to, to play up front. So let's, let's set the scene there. So you joined the club, and we are literally. So you're, we're ten points from safety. How did George Graham sell that to you? He just, he, he, he honestly, he just did. got he a whiskey. got a whiskey he, out, didn't he? he? No, he didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have done it anyway. <laughs> uh, no, he just, he, he, he just wanted me, and I, and I thought, gee, was he? He really, he really does. What was he like as a manager? Would he would he get involved with the players, or would he, oh, was he a little bit of um, a disciplinarian? Very much a disciplinarian. Very yeah. much a disciplinarian. <laughs> but uh, there was a guy who came on loan from QPR, Steve Buck, as right. a left winger. He made me quite a few goals as well. Well, as uh, when he was on loan, but I used to go out with him on a, on a Wednesday and a Thursday. Not supposed to go out forty hours before the game, but no. we went out Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, in a bar cave in, in Blackheath, yep. as it was then. I don't know what it's called now, but uh, we used to have a few. Uh, I didn't drink wine before, but he drank wine, so I, I drank what Just he drank. So, on, yeah, yeah. so I, I drank white wine as well. So that was that was a Wednesday and a Thursday. So because George Graham, I've heard rumours from other old players that said, well, not rumours confirmed. He'd make you if, if he caught you out. He'd give you the worst jobs in the world. He'd make you run up and down the stands or clean the stands. That wouldn't, that wouldn't make any difference to me, would it? <laughs> you were still, run, still running from Saturday, putting in, putting tackles in. You got the great escape, and then what, sort of the next season. Next season was is, was we was there or there a bit, yeah. but we weren't quite good enough. Right. Yeah. And, and then in 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 the, the, my two and a bit seasons there. So the, in the second season. We just went from strength from strength to strength, and I can't remember whether it was Doncaster one week, and then who was the other team? I scored two great headers, Bristol Rovers actually. Bristol Rovers, I scored two absolute belters of headers, and they were both from Anton's free kicks. What was it? What was he like? I mean, I've heard he was good. Oh, Anton. Yeah. <laughs> he, f- he fell over and got a penalty. <laughs> But other than that, it was a deep, oh, decent he, he win. T- he, t- he, t- he turned, he turned people inside out. What was it? What was he like in the dressing room? He was all right. I mean, see, Kuzi, Kuzi, and him came together. Dave, and, Cus- and Dave Cusack, yeah, yeah, Dave Cusack, yeah, and uh, they, they were, uh, the, the Dave Cusack was a, a big, big player, and, uh, and and he knew a lot of people as well. Yeah, and uh, there's a few, he had a few arguments with George. Because yeah. he would stick up, he would, he, he would, he wouldn't have it. He would stick up for himself with George. He would, he, he would let him paste him down or take him down a, 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 a step or two. But no, Kuzi had a, a, a couple of, there was a couple of boots flying. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was saying earlier, the drinking culture in football has gone out of it now. Yeah. Back in the sort of when I was uh, late 80s, early 90s, a kid, you didn't know of it, but finding out what you know, you know, back then now. That sort of made players. That sort of made a team, and that sort of football. Now, was there a good drinking culture and a good togetherness in the dressing room? In the in the season we stayed up in the Great Escape. We all after after a game we we'd go to the Royal Albert on Shooters Hill. Yeah. Uh, just going on, on the right hand side as you go up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where that's where we went after the game, and 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 that we bonded in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we had a few beers and well and, and good laugh and all the rest of it like, but. It was the following season. It was a crown and anchor, and the season after that, it was a crown and anchor. <laughs> you don't remember the fixtures, you remember the pubs. <laughs> is that how you turned it around in that dressing room? Or is that how you sort of went from just narrowly avoiding games? What division would you have gone into? The fourth division. Fourth division, which is now League League Two. League Two now, yeah. yeah. Doesn't sound so bad, does it? But no. <laughs> it dresses up a bit, doesn't it? It dresses up a bit rather than the fourth division. Yeah. Fourth division. 
Jesus Christ. So I think I think Mill might have gone out of business. Yeah, mate, I think you could have been right. I, I, to be fair to Thorny, Thorny done well to, to 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 get George there. I don't know how he managed. Who's Thorny? Uh, Brian Thorny was the chairman. Oh, he was the chairman back then. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of good meal times in my my lifetime, but the eighties. Funny enough, the late eighties was very successful, but the early eighties wasn't so much. You know, yeah. and we there were there was hard times at the club. But you said even mm-hmm. even so, the, the the fans were still phenomenal. Oh yeah, as I said, even with two thousand three hundred fans there. And well, the effort I put in, they, they, they appreciated the hard work. Yeah, brilliant. Well, my, my dad is, um, as well, people don't know, but I, I played under you briefly a, a long time ago, and he said, Kevin Bremner's the manager, Kevin Bremner. No, I didn't. You didn't know and who he, he said, was. He's fucking brilliant. He said, he's fu- <laughs> he, said he scored near the once at the, at the den. He said, he dived in and edited it, and he said, he fucking took a whack and kicked on the nose. He said, he got up, he said, didn't even know. He just went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even know you'd had it. Uh, people like you, you know, just hanging no, off, and you're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Do it again in but a minute. That's just the way it was. Yeah. I mean, you see, the few, <laughs> the euphoria of scoring goals yeah. <laughs> outweighed any any pain. Yeah, of course, of course. So you end, ended up obviously leaving the club eventually. Yeah. Was that was that still under George Graham? That was George, yeah. yeah. What, what happened now? He, <laughs> greedy bugger, didn't give me any money. <laughs> Oh, what, he didn't want, they didn't want to pay no, you? No, no. Because you, as I said, you talk to people and say, yeah, Kevin Bremner epitomised me or what perfect player for me, as, as you said to me as well. So then to see you leave after two seasons, is I'm looking at that thinking, oh, what's happened there? Yeah. He wasn't, was. wasn't, got, wasn't telling off at that stage because you went and scored a load of goals elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was I was probably in the prime then, 25, 26 years old. Yeah right. Yeah, and then you went to um, Reading. So he scored a load of goals at Reading. Yeah. So what George didn't want to didn't want to get the checkbook out. No, he didn't want to give me any more money. You know, simple as that. I got more money to go to Reading, and then when I went to Brighton, I got even more money. You scored from a few Brighton. At Brighton, didn't you? Yeah, Brighton. Brighton's the best contract I ever signed. Yeah. I thought I was in the big time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ain't doing you ain't doing bad. Oh, that's is it's it's this is this is through the moves. Uh, I had the misfortune of buying my first house off of Paul Scully in Donaldson oh, Road in Shoesville. I remember him, bollocks. Paul Scully, <laughs> innit? I remember him. So, yeah, that was a shame to see you leave the club. But as I said, you know, when you talk about, I regard you, although I didn't actually get personally get to see you play, but the way people spoke about you, I said you give everything, you know, and, and you, was, you epitomised it. A short-term legend at the club, similar to, I would put Kevin Muscat in that bracket. Oh, well, Steve Claridge in that bracket. At the time, well, when I was there, it was Harry Cripps I was getting likened to. Yeah, oh really? <laughs> so that was, that was high players indeed. Yeah, definitely. Who else was in, in and around that, that squad of yours? Because I'm, I'm relying on you a bit here because I wasn't, I wasn't oh. well I was alive, I was free. So well, well, Peter Wells was a goalkeeper for a couple of seasons and then Paul Sampson took over. I, I sort of remember Lovers was Sampson. Lovers was right back for a while and then he was centre forward. Rainer was right back after that. Oh, Keith Stevens. Yeah. Oh, let's chat yeah. about Rhino. Rhino, what a he is, Mr. Millwall. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Mr. Millwall. Another one. He's a one. He's a one club man, isn't he? Yeah. And he ever played for Millwall and managed us. Yeah. What was he like? He was tremendous, tough in the tackle. He could take anything. He wasn't at Millwall a great deal of time, but in those two two years, two seasons, two and a bit. What games stick out to you? Good games, big wins. Fact, or, or losses, in, and you got a bollock in. No, no. <laughs> uh, in fact, another another of my clubs, Reading, in the season that we stayed up in the Great Escape, we it was two or three nil down at half time. Ian Stewart, who was on loan from QPR at the time, he was an Irish international, not Stewie. He made me loads of goals as well. He got sent off in the first half. We five minutes to go, and then. We was two or three nil down at half time, and then uh, I think Dean Neal was the other one that got sent off. And so we're, we're down to nine, nine men and three two, nil down. Two or three nil down. Oh dear! And we got back to two all or three all. I can't remember. Theo says it's the best game he's ever seen me play. Theo Foley. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just talk more about if, if you, you know just being around Millwall, being around the um, the Den, just what it was like to play at the Den, and, and any associations you had with the fans. Well, years later, uh, in 1987 probably, uh, 
I went to Brighton and a, a guy called Mike Trussen came as well. Right. Uh, Doug Rugby came. Dean Wilkins came. Who else did he sign? Barry Lloyd. <coughs> and Trussie says, he says, I always remember you, he says, down at the den. He says, you lads were defending the corner and you're singing, no one likes us, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but while you was on the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> Just charging along. Yeah, the, the fans were singing it, so I was singing it as well. <laughs> and I said, I'm thinking, you're off your bloody head, you are, Bremner. <laughs> yeah, imagine you're waiting for a corner and the, and the striker singing the same song as the fans. You'd think, what the fuck, wouldn't you? You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was, that's just the way it was. Yeah. Did you yeah. sad to go, leave the club? Oh, I didn't want to go. didn't yeah. want to go. I, f- I phoned Theo from Reading and asked him, get George to change his mind. In, in fact, it was from Paddington Station, I think. I was before mobile phones. Yeah, you would have been. Uh, and... Uh, you're on the train to Reading and then, hang on I can't do this <laughs> Theo you've got to get on to George Graham for me and, and change his mind I tried to break the, get, get the keys to his safe <laughs> dish out the Brems a couple yeah, yeah. greedy scotch gear <laughs> <laughs> oh Kev honestly thank you Josh Yo. Zerka mate. okay for this one yeah well was we yeah, <laughs> do we still do that now I don't what know do? I don't know so obviously as I've said, massive YouTuber, but more importantly, a Millwall fan. Indeed, indeed, indeed. How did that come about? Uh, that's just, I guess, both the same story as most Millwall fans. Like, my whole family, dad's side, is all Millwall. And so Millwall, for me, was like a childhood family thing. That was our family get-together every Saturday or Tuesday night. Come down Millwall, sit in Block 16. Block 16, yeah? Yeah, then we, we moved, we moved to the west side. Something must happen, must have got some more money. <laughs> I don't know what happened. First ever... Impressions of me, we first ever game, do you remember it? I think I had no idea, memory of my first game. That's the one sad thing. I should have test my dad before and said, like, oh, what's my first game? I don't know what my first game is. It must be like six or seven. Yeah. Or, young, or even younger. So what year would that have been? What sort of year do you remember from? My main season I remember is the season we got promoted into Division 1. Which would have been that game where we beat Oldham 5-0. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Reid scored the rocket. Yeah, and um, we got promoted at Wrexham. Yep. And I went to Wrexham. I went to Wrexham as well, yeah. Had a weekend in Chester. He was probably a bit young for a weekend away at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been eight. <laughs> yeah, I remember everyone, nine. everyone was on the pitch after the game. Yeah, and that wasn't even a pitch invasion. That was, they, was opened, the, they opened the doors. Yeah, they did, they did. For the first time. So there's in like here, that is, for the yeah. 5-0. Normally, like, we win saying, can we all go run on the pitch? I don't, but... <laughs> Just get that in. Yeah, yeah. Very clear. I don't run the pitch. <laughs> don't run the pitch. It's bad. So the team then, God, that was a that was a, a very good first team to be around. Mm. The current gaffer, Neil Harris, Stephen Reid, Paul Moody, Christoph Kinney, Tony Warner. Yeah. Tony Warner, what, 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 what do you remember? What do you remember of Big Denzel? Because he, he, he will be seeing this. I remember it's Denzel Denzel Watson score. <laughs> and I was a goalie back then for like my under, whatever, like under nine team. Yeah. And then so that, he was like my idol, my hero. Like I want to be him because everyone idolised him in the ground. There's three years, obviously, I'm, I'm slightly older than you. There's three years that stick out to me in my Millwall lifetime, and that definitely is one of them. It was just a brilliant time to be around the club. For me personally, I was a bit older. I used to be at the players would go out on nights out. You spoke about Bexley even that earlier. The player was always out and about. And it just seemed to be a very good camaraderie, which for me, Neil Harris is trying to trying to rebuild now. But I feel like that's old school football though. Yeah. I feel like because if you like if you go back and listen to all these like, old footballers like oh you used to go out drinking all the time and it's like now you're athletes it's different. Exactly. Really... I, I actually covered that earlier on in documentaries, exactly the drinking culture has gone completely out of football. And it's not a bad thing, but at the same time I think change rooms can suffer and, and uh they have to now get they should share some hummus now and it'd be great. <laughs> Or like say along those lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A bit of hummus and a bit of yoga and bit stuff. Of protein like. shake. Yeah, it is. Um, it is a shame. But back they were proper players. Proper mm. kit that year as well. The all white home kit. Yeah, is that like the Giorgio yeah, one? Yeah, you got it. You got <laughs> yeah. it. That was, was that our home kit. That was our home kit. And people it was white. say, um, people say now, uh, I see debates all the time. Should we what, should we have the stripe? Should we have the blue? And people say, no, wear blue. It's got to be this blue. But people seem to forget that that season. I don't know. I can't remember. It was um, it's like it's like is it like a, a, commem- a commemorative? That's the word. Got it. Let's put my teeth in a bit. A commemorative. A commemorative kit. Yeah. So you remember those times? Remember being in this? Say you being in the East Stand, and then you transferred to the West. What other memories you got from from Millwall? Being teams players, your favourite. Who was your all-time favourite player? I know Tim Cahill. Yeah. I just feel like we have to go. I recently found out this week that his sons are fans of us. 
Oh, really? Yeah, he, he DM'd me on Instagram, and I was like, hang on, what? Tim Gale? He was like, I could send My you... My childhood a, hero. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a Sidemen shirt if you send me a, a signed Kale one. That's a good trade-off, I should do yeah, that. You should do that. Yeah, that'd be yeah. He came back then. We'll get on to him coming back later on in, in, the, uh, in the interview. But yeah, Tim Gale, your favourite player? I think there's a player like Kevin Muscat. Nutter. I feel like cause, so that I, I went to be a right back I feel like I had to idolise any player in my position <laughs> so he was like he was our right back and I was like you know what I only came in Muscat so I'm just going to go through players at the age of 11 <laughs> or 12 go nose to nose with people start getting in their face well, he, he was a no, I think that's why I loved him yeah he was I always regard him as a short term legend at the club he wasn't here long how long was he here by a year two years, two years. I, think, I think he played about 60 70 games for me all but like, there's, there's a very um there's a very famous photo I'll show it now on the screen it's just of um, we played Liverpool I think it was in a league cup or pre-season friendly and he literally looks like he's going to bite Milan Barish's nose off he's just, that, that's here right yeah you we lose 3-0 something like that uh, yeah. I think that's in the, the league cup the results are important that's the in important. the league <laughs> cup yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah it was a league cup what we took from that is the photo of Muscat he was just raging and that's just everything that Mill player epitomised you know and that's what we've tried to that's capture we need one of those players again we do that's what we've tried to capture in this in this documentary speak to the players like, you know, what would you describe a typical Millwall player to be Kevin Muscat <laughs> uh, was that the draw when you know your, you said your dad first brought you down here was that the draw to you as a, as a youngster coming down here and seeing these it's passion it's passion like Millwall like, um, fan base you know, obviously like we can be passionate and sometimes it goes wrong and go too passionate but all we ever want from players, no matter how good you are, I mean, look at Jimmy Abdu, as long as you're passionate and you get involved, you get, you just get into a tackle. Yeah. It's one way to get into like a Millwall fan's heart, just crunch someone. <laughs> exactly right. And that's it, like, play with passion, gives 110% regardless of if we're winning or losing. And that's all I want to see or expect from a Millwall player. But you, you got your first era. I was yeah, I think, lucky. I think I'm, I'm very lucky with my. My first era was Tony Cascarino, Teddy Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, so you were and very lucky. And you sort of, yeah, I was very lucky and, and you in the same boat. Obviously, our all-time top scorer would have been yeah. firing. Then there's a picture of him in the alley just over there. Oh, Neil, Neil Harris. Harris. Would you remember Harris? I remember going on a, on a long, long walk with my dad for, for Neil when he had cancer. When he had physical cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember doing the walk. Right. Him, well, I don't know what game it was. I remember like a Norwich game or something. Right. I remember, but then other than that, like yeah, just an incredible striker, someone who epitomises me a wall, puts in effort. But then he's cheeky. He gets corners out of nowhere. Keep ball against people. It's like he's yeah, a he smart wasn't, player. He wasn't. He wasn't the target man, obviously. And he, he wasn't super quick either. So he was. I've not seen that. I don't know. It's, it's like a weird player. Yeah, I agree. I know what you mean. It's a really strange style because he was smart in weird ways in the way that he'd play the game. He's a good gamesman, I guess. Yeah. He could like get us a corner. Clever could, with it. What do people say if, if it ever comes up in conversation? Football comes up, and you say, "I'm a Millwall fan." What sort of reaction do you get to that? What? Every time it's like, oh, what it? why? He was a nice boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but is it like you're way too nice to be a fan? Uh, it, it, I don't know. A lot of people like it, I think. Yeah. Because it's people I like. I mean, I always say like I love an underdog, underdog anyway. People view me as like, oh, it's an underdog team. But I think everyone hates Mill, they like us at the same time. Yeah, uh, because we're a team that we still have our, like, we're still, what's the word? We still have our authenticity. Yeah. We're still exactly who we were 20 years ago, which exactly. a lot of clubs aren't anymore. No, it's on. So now it's this hard balance of do you want to keep chasing getting higher in championship or do you want to stay where we are and just. Well, a lot of that, you, And we're at that bit now, we're at yeah. that crux point now. Yeah. You are, you know, it's took me back a bit to be honest because I'm watching this and you, like, I'm, you are, really are a Mill fan. It's not smart. Yeah. No, but you, yeah. no, but you fully understand and are involved with it. You're not just one of these people. Go, oh, I'm a Millwall fan, but no, 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 yeah, uh, no, no, I, I, he's like, in between us. Never, you know, he's never there. Do you I, know I, I, I like. <laughs> I only stop. I don't. I don't come as often now. Yeah. Um, Due to work. Yeah, and that's simply yeah. The 2004 FA Cup run. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like that was like, that's next sticking point memory for me. I think like that semi final at uh, Old Trafford yeah. in Sunderland. That Tim Cale goal. Limbs. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were a little bit of a deflection. I was right behind that Kale goal, and I think I thought we controlled it well. When he did, we sort of deflected off the thing. And I just remember going to the FA Cup semi-final, thinking, "This is this. We've got this far. That's impossible. We're never going to get to play Man United." And when we did, yeah, as a kid, that was what I had. Like, and then, like, I'm watching me on, like, we're also watching Cristiano Ronaldo at the same time. Like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, poor old Robbie Ryan that day got turned inside out. Didn't he bless him? But and he also got his leg broken yeah. Ronaldo that day. I know. Yeah, Ronaldo scored. Didn't he? Do you remember Ronaldo scored and sort of run towards our fans? Yeah, I was in front of us. Yeah, and yeah. People were trying. Someone tried to get, get on and get him. <laughs> but yeah, the coming. I mean, 
I, as a 24-year-old, I, I was kept thinking this, this can't be real. This cup run. That year, so that year is what? That's we played Tranmere, right? We played Tranmere here. We played Tranmere here. And drew and went to there, and that's where Harris scores out the chest and volley. That's it. Left foot. I, I came here and I had the bloody, I had a bloody like, Mohican, blue and white. And the face paint. <laughs> <laughs> Only young. Oh dear. I was, yeah. was, was working my colours. I think Muscat missed the penalty here. They got yeah, yeah, yeah. saved it, sent it over. And that's what took us to the replay. Oh, bloody hate him. <laughs> <laughs> the FA Cup final. What's your, what's your memories of the FA Cup final? Oh, yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, for us, it was just a great day out. I don't know, no one even cared about that, because I think we no. all knew. Yeah. It was like, it was like, it was waiting. It was like, okay, the, tox did, the, the time's ticking. We're getting there, we're getting closer and closer. And it's good. Okay, it's over. Let's just enjoy the day. Yeah, well, I, I remember seeing um, billboards around at the time. It's a picture of Dennis Wise, and it's like the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And I did get sucked in a little bit of that. You, you make like a song. We did. We did do it. That's actually on YouTube. Might, I might um, clip that up. But it's like Theo for Fetus, like <laughs> miming at the start. Fetus. Theo for Fetus. But Dennis Wise as a manager. I know you was young. He gets yeah. a lot of grief, but I liked him. It's, I don't, that's the thing, so I, like, I feel like there's a blur. I remember like liking him and suddenly I was told to not like him. Yeah. And I don't know where... Well, I, Is I, that doing money, right? Did he like... I don't... I mean, I think I he was ambitious. compensation or something. Yeah, I think, but I think well, before he left, I think he was ambitious and he wanted to take us to the next level, but... He was working at one point. I thought he was a good manager. I thought, I thought he was a perfect fit for me or what? Other managers that stick out for you a lot? Mark McGee. I love McGee. I think, yeah, that, that, cheer up Mark McGee. Cheer up Mark McGee, yeah. Um, believer. I feel like then it's just Kenny Jackett after that. I feel like that's a, that's a two, like... Kenny, yeah, Kenny was obviously... We had that period which was like, managers galore. Yeah. Just like, okay, no, see you later, few, yeah. see you later. And then we, we got it right with Kenny. King Kenny. What other games, like, if you want to stick out to you, like you just said? I'm trying to think of something obscure. I feel like a lot of Brixham and Brixham White's not a bad one, but that's yeah. the end of the season, wasn't it? I think we did Sheffield United away, and that was a mascot. I remember that, I remember that one just because I was a mascot. Did Leighton Orient away, and I was a mascot. I remember that one. Um, trying to think of like there's loads of like Forest away days that were great, and then loads of one that sticks out in my mind is a QPR away night on a Tuesday night, and it was just coins galore. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like being excited that I got like 11 quid because <laughs> <laughs> I was staying after like picking it all up oh dear you guys always an event for one what game really stands out for me is Mill Birmingham playoff uh, semi-final here where Stern John like scores that 90 second minute or whatever yeah and then yeah ambush out here <laughs> <laughs> Remember that yeah, one? That was, a, that, was a, that was a painful night in the club's history the away, the, um, the away leg was very good when we went up there, we drew one old Dion Dublin score a late equaliser. Actually, actually, a photo of me in the south on the press in that one. Good old but Dion Dublin. Good old right. Dion Dublin. He was another one. Dion Dublin. I, I think that season we had Paul Moody, Neil Harris, Dion Dublin, and Steve Claridge all around it. No wonder we scored done well. Yeah. With Stephen Reid. And then you go down the years, I'm like, we had Paul Huberts. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Meyerhofer. We had some. You come on, let's get on to them then. Some bad players. Some no, bad, you know, bad you players. He's a bad player, but I loved him. Um, Abu Fafana. Yeah. Because he was rapid. Yeah. Abu's a beast of my FIFA, that's the, that was the key for me. <laughs> get him, he's only 60 rated, but can the boy run? Yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Yes, we've had some awful ones, though. Yeah, we definitely have. I tried to get some awful players we've had. Adrian Sirio just had a good throw. Yeah, do you remember Sirio? He yeah. come with Josh Simpson, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Canadians. Canadian, yeah. Canadian invasion. And, I remember their debut. I'm sure we played Leicester at home, and, and he had he looked like the next big thing. Did your dad still go? Do you still go? What's your, uh, what's your aspirations and hopes going forward? I think half my family still go, but not as many of them. Kind of all like slow dribbled out a little bit. I think that's just family issues, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with me wall. Yeah. Um, aspirations to me wall now. Yeah. Just to, I think just to just solidify championship status really. Yeah. And let's just stay here and just get some more money into the club, but still try and keep who we are. Husky have just walked up, and the, you're exactly right. Get some money into the club, but retain our. Yeah, but that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. They, but they, they are actually. So I know this um, Swedish news where they're from, but they are apparently got very much love the club and want, want the best for the club moving forward. So it could happen. But then it's like so then, but we could get a lot of money, but then. This day and age, in like ten years' time, championship maybe be like thirty million a player. Mm. You know, like the way championship is going. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be like, some, some of the money in the championship, some of the players in the championship, and clubs. 
We're going to run out. Like, it's not like you're in Serious left number. We're going to run out of clubs in the championship that haven't got paratroop payments. That's what we're going to do. That could, that, could, that could definitely, definitely happen. But I think you're right what you said, that people, if we finish mid-table, fantastic. Hats off to the manager. Obviously, due to the season we had, first season back oh, in yeah, the championship, yeah. last year... Last year, the season we had finishing one, two places above the relegation zone. That's the, that's the season we should have had in the first season back in January. Yeah, that's what you expected, yeah. And there was a lot of angry people around, a lot of fans not happy with the way we played football. But if they have had that season, the first season back in the champ, no one would have said anything. Because we overachieved, I think the fans' level of expectancy was a lot higher. Yeah. That's one of the things. I feel like, I feel like, if, we, I feel like we could, if, we, if we get to Premiership ever... Would that be a good thing about? I can't talk outside. Oh, is it? Because uh, imagine like the way all Chelsea before yeah. West Ham would be great. <laughs> oh, I was not just thinking that, but also obviously, like we said earlier, Millwall would have always retained their authenticity. And would there be hot dogs? Would there be happy clapping? And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, I mean, it just wouldn't wash at Millwall. It wouldn't wash. I think it if we went up, I think it it'd be for a, for a season. And I think we get relegated. Cause a bit of havoc. Then that might ruin us. A lot of Sunday morning kickoffs at eleven o'clock. That might break us though. Getting threatened and coming down. We get the parachute payments, but then we probably have bought all these players that we're going to spend tons of money on wages, and then we can't afford it anymore. I think. Well, again, and, and people who criticise me for not spending enough, I think we've done things the right way. And I think exactly what you just said. You've seen teams like Hull go up. You've seen teams like Middlesbrough go up, spend all the money, come down, end up skin. And still, it's not still, the right way. Still spending money now. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where to get it from, but uh, it's, it's maybe not always the way to go. Do it slowly, softly. Do it the right way. I think I'm happy to be in a championship club. I don't yeah, know. I, I, it's, it's, I it's, it's kind of a weird thing to say. What, but would you, what bracket would you put Mill in if you, if you had to describe Mill? I think we're, we're, just, we're just a passionate team, a team that like yeah. give you give our all. We're not be the most skillful bunch and have got the most money, but we're passionate. Both fans and players are passionate about the club, and that's that's what we are really. Absolutely, squad well, mate. I really appreciate your time today. Good night. No thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.